Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Kabul, a revenge film about a blind man who's getting revenge for the assault of his blind wife. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the second in our revenge movie trilogy. Yes, and... Boy, I got halfway through this and I was like, geez, Rose, what did you make me watch? This is awful. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a downer. Well, it's not any more of a downer than mom was. It kind of is. That was a teenage girl. Yeah, but we'll get into it after the, afterwards. It's way worse. It's way worse. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, I mean, I can see your point. It's fine. It's It's just when you're, it's just when you're in the moment and like the worst is happening and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it can get a little bleak toward the middle. Yeah. So it stars Riddick Roshan. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, his wife was so charming and pretty. Yami Gautam. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen her in anything else. I haven't either. So she was very sweet, though. Yeah, I really liked her. Um, And the villains were brothers in real life. Oh, crazy. They and brothers on time together. Yeah. Spend some quality brother time playing terrible people. Yeah, it's really funny, too, because as brothers, their names kind of seem like a joke in real life. They're Ronit Roy and Rohit Roy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's that must have been a tough one growing up as right. a kid. So Rithik Roshan is blind. He gets set up by some a matchmaker yeah. of some sort. I, I think and I think she just personally knows both of them because she just keeps pressuring them. Like neither one of them wanted to get married, it turns out, but she's like, No, meet this person. I know another blindie. I know, it's basically just he's blind, she's blind, these people need to get married. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's like when there's two, only two black characters in a movie, and it's like, well, then they end up together. They have to. They're both black. Right, or even just people who, like, want to set their friends up, and they're like, yeah. well, I know a black man and a black woman, exactly. so these two people need to get married. <laughs> You're perfect for each other. <laughs> or um, even sometimes it's just, I know a single woman and a single man. Exactly. You guys I need to get married. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, which I just thought was really funny that they were also both super attractive because I'm like, it just feels wasted what a on waste. each other. I thought that too. I was like, man, imagine being married to either one of them and you can't see them. I know. They, they couldn't fully appreciate each other. I oh, mean, yeah, well. beautiful on the inside. It, the tagline does say the heart sees all. Which is true. <laughs> but not a total waste, maybe. Two super creeps did confirm to Rithik Roshan that his wife was hot. Good point. That's always good to be validated. Yeah. I'm maybe three. Um, so, you know, that's good. They have this happy romance and then they get married and everything's going great for them. For a long time in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's a while before you're like, this was a revenge movie, right? Like, yeah, it they, was about a blind man getting revenge on something, right? They pull a real good genie and... Uh, you're like, for 45 minutes, you're like, this is a great rom-com. Yeah. Oh, wait, one of them is going to be assaulted and everyone's sad. Yeah. Which is what happens. The younger brother of a local legislator is just a really horrible guy. The legislator's pretty bad, too. 
Uh, but he's friends with this awful guy, and they are like, hey, we like your wife. And then they break into the house one day when Rithik Roshan is at his voice dubbing work. Yeah, because he's blind, so he just has to do something with sound. That's the way that works. Exactly. He can mimic anybody's voice perfectly. That is super important to this movie also. It it actually is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they rape her, and then he comes home and discovers her, and everything's terrible. Yeah, they try reporting it to the police, and the police are very dismissive over it. Yeah, take you to the hospital (laughs) stay in this warehouse for 24 hours yeah it wasn't a great picture of authority in india no Mm -hmm. which a lot of these revenge movies i mean if you watch enough indian movies you're like man living in india must just be terrible because there's no authority system at all i know that can't be true their country is functional well but when you see a lot of these movies you're like well you can't trust politicians can't trust the police you can't trust the big business like i don't know who you can trust in india except for the small village you came from exactly i mean it'd be like watching american movies and only see you know they're never going to show like here's a great big company. They have such a good heart. Here's a politician who really stood up for the little guy. <laughs> and the cops did everything they could. Although actually the Mr. Cops Smith did goes to Washington. Well, I was actually going to say the cops did everything they could and mom. Well, that's true. Mom actually does paint a pretty good portrait for the police in India. Yeah, which is unusual because usually, of course, the plot needs the police to have not done anything. And so you have to do it now. Uh, But it's super sad. And yeah, there you go. But they have to set it up for his reign of vengeance for the second half of the movie. Believe me, they did. I will say I think his vengeance was less creative than Sri Devi's and Mom. Oh, much, much less. Hers was really amazing. Yeah, super creative. (laughs) His tended to be kind of the same thing, the same ploy. It was definitely the same ploy for everyone. But you know what? It worked. It did work. Results speak for themselves. Yeah, you don't need to have three creative plans when one will do just fine. Exactly. He's interested in working smarter, not harder. Exactly. So this movie was actually did have quite a few musical numbers in it. Surprisingly. Including some dancing. If you think blind people can't dance, you're wrong. Yeah, he was very confident. Incredible coordination with each other. (laughs) That was the most surprising thing, was how well they could coordinate their moves. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how much training you would have needed as a blind person to be able to anticipate the moves of the other person like that. Probably just wouldn't be as spontaneous. When they're not touching. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? We can only dream. (laughs) Uh, yeah, oh, they were they were good little numbers. They had an item number in a club. They did. It was very aggressive. <laughs> Aggressively sexual. Yes. Yeah. I felt overwhelmed when I was watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, so maybe it's not set me up for this level of intensity in the song. No, it kind of just all of a sudden was like, <laughs> now this is happening. And then it never happened again. Well, I know, because I feel like it had happened also just after, like, it was jarring just where it was placed. It happened after the worst parts of the movie. Okay, that's what I thought. The most upsetting, saddest parts of the movie. And then there's a super sexual song. <laughs> and then they were like, now you're in a club. Deal with it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I guess it's fine, but it was a little jarring for me. Perfectly good song. Yeah. But, you know. 
And in case you're wondering, when he's imitating voices, they are just playing that person's voice over him talking. I was wondering about that. I'm almost positive that's what they were doing. Because I was like, I guess if you worked hard enough at it, you could get enough of the cadence and vocal patterns. Sure, so we'll talk that. a little bit later. Like, we'll talk in the spoilers about more detail on this. But he, for things like he's, like, imitating Amitabh Bakchan, you know? Right. He calls his wife as, like, Amitabh Bakchan. Yeah. And it's very cute. But <laughs> definitely, you know, Eddie Murphy had a cartoon. He didn't do any of the voice after the first season. Well, right, yeah. Because, you know, they can always find a voice mimic. Yeah, they're busy people. <laughs> well, this is a children's cartoon. What actually happened was... For some reason, he was sick or something, or on tour, so he couldn't do it. So they were like, okay, well, for just that, we'll have this. But then he realized he didn't have to do it because of that. (laughs) And so he just stopped showing up when he was supposed to come back. I mean, fair enough. Right. That was uh, the way it was for the Yellow Submarine, for the Beatles. Really? They didn't do any of their voices for that movie. Are you serious? Yeah. That's funny. And it wasn't even like they just didn't show up and they figured out someone else could do it for them. They just, like, straight up just didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, they were like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough. But, yeah, that's why most voice actors end up with day player contracts every time they work. Because they're like, we don't have to, like, give you a great deal. We're, like, you're replaceable. So this was probably a movie that I would think would be, like, medium level like intermediate yeah i think so i don't think it's a beginner i mean i would never show someone this as like an entry-level bollywood movie no it's too focused on the revenge Mm -hmm. and i think at times the revenge like at times the emotion can just be a little like overwrought i think for what it is like what from an american i know from an american perspective versus from a bollywood perspective yes that is true Plus, the corruption of the cops is not usually what you see in American movies. There are movies where it is to that level, but not usually. But I think that you're probably right. Part of the reason that it seems like less of a beginner movie is because there's so much corruption for an American and almost borders on unbelievable. Like, what, you can't go to the, the press with this? You can't go... Like, an American, there would be... No one has that much of a stranglehold where you couldn't... Think of some way to get this out there where it's at least a story. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's just, you know, the Inquirer. Yeah. Yeah, usually you're not going to be just, like, talking to the cops like, hey, buddy, I know you're super corrupt, so here's my plan. <laughs> yeah. Because... Both of the cops there's are also, really good. Also. There's also things where there were witnesses, which we'll get into later, that you could call on for some of this. Now, I don't think Rithik Roshan realized that, but there's just things where if somebody really looked into this case, like an investigative journalist, Mm -hmm. they would uncover a lot of these things. Yeah, definitely. Or, honestly, if they talked to a lawyer. But I think in Bollywood movies, you see so much corruption that it does seem more realistic if you're just accustomed to that. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. (laughs) It's a corrupt politician and a corrupt police force, like the entire police force. Right. And you can't win against that, so you have to resort to your own brand of vengeance. That's just the way that goes. Exactly. Okay, so we will take a short interval, and then we will talk spoilers after the break. Okay, 
One of the things about the scene, and this is the thing where I'm like, there's witnesses that he wouldn't have known about necessarily, but the fact that One of the, the second they were talking time to them though. Oh yeah, right. The second time that the thugs come into the apartment, because this is the worst bit, is yeah. the fact that the thugs come back and they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna rape you every single day." Yeah, we're gonna do this whenever we want. Yeah, because it was also kind of weird that they were going to move and then they couldn't get into that apartment, and so that was like their only option. I guess they didn't have extra money. So the deal is never buy an apartment that isn't finished or near finished. That's the deal. That's the important message to take from this story. Because I feel like if they'd been able to move, a lot of this would have been solved. Yeah. But the second time, so then she kills herself with debatable reasons. I would think just depression would be enough. She says in her note that she does it because she doesn't think Rithik Roshan can handle this. Yeah. And but I, I would like, think well, on a personal level, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Okay, also, you do have options. Just because you've sunk money into this apartment thing does not mean that you can't go... Does none of you have any family? Or friends? Do you not know any friends? You could go stay with his friend. There's no way that's not an option. There's also things like... Surely there are things in India where there's, like, victim abuse places where you could... Like, women's shelters. Absolutely. Like, you go somewhere while y'all figure out where to go or what to do. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. There, yeah, there were options. But However, as soon as in this movie. in and was like, hey, sweetheart, everything's going to be okay. And there was no answer. And I'm like, oh, she's dead. She killed herself. Yeah, in a way that was honestly real traumatic for him to find. I can't believe she was like, this is for your own good. And he's like, yeah, I had to find out by uh, feeling your feet hit me. Yeah, because you hung yourself from the fan. Over our bed. Way to go. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe he stays in the apartment after that. Anyway. Oh, I can't either. <laughs> But anyway, so the second time the thugs come into the apartment, they get the children from the neighborhood children to get her to open the door. Yeah. So, and that's not the only time the neighborhood children are raised. Okay, and here's the other thing. I find it weird that the neighborhood children... But did they do... Was that on purpose or was it just... Because they don't show them doing it. Maybe they were just walking by and they were like, hey, that's great. Well, maybe except that the children didn't say anything about them coming in. Well, they kind of just showed them as shadows in front of the camera, and the kids weren't paying attention. I feel like the kids would have noticed these three guys coming into the apartment. Two guys. Well, whatever. Yeah. The apartment I mean, wasn't that big. It wasn't like they went and hid in another room before the kids had a chance to see. The kids were in the kitchen. They would have been able to see them with their peripheral vision when they were turning around to leave. True, but they never make it clear that that's what happened. So it could have been. But also, there's definite proof that they were, uh, well, no, hang on, in the street, the neighbors didn't actually see anyone there. Okay, never mind. I thought those were witnesses, too. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, there's stuff that could have been found. Yeah. And, and it, you are, it is true that they don't explicitly show that but then i'm like the fact that they like were they just hanging outside the yeah, apartment like, waiting the for the kids timing. to come in come on guys it kind of seemed like they did get the kids to let her in. and you can Very say possible. that you can trick kids into doing that like it wasn't necessarily that the kids were malicious because you're like oh she's a friend and we want to surprise her and blah 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 yeah, but then once but she then, dies exactly like, wouldn't you think the kids would be like oh was this our fault because we did let people in right because they all seemed to like rithik roshan's character a lot oh, they, so. they absolutely did yeah. One of those I kids don't. was instrumental in the final piece of his revenge. Exactly. So there's just stuff where I'm like, I feel like this could have been unraveled if they'd been a little more persistent in it. 
They weren't, of course. So then Rithik Roshan, here's my thing, is that he warns the police, and this is such a movie thing. Like, I know, You would right? never do this in real life. Because he's like, no one it? will believe, you'll never be able to get proof, and no one will believe you, but I'm telling you right now that I'm straight up going to kill these people. Yeah, I know. It's, I was like, why, 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 why? Um, I guess he just wanted them to feel the same frustration as he felt. And they did. They sure did. So, the legislator brother is the worst character of all. Because he could stop his brother from being like this. But instead he protects him so that he can keep going. He doesn't even reprimand him. No, he doesn't think it's a big deal because guess what? He basically implies that he had a situation where he wanted to do what his brother's doing years ago, but he couldn't because he didn't have any power then. And no protection. Like, who are these people that feel this way? I mean, this is a weird way to feel. I know. That you want to do these things. And then he's like, but also, you were the first one to be with her. It's not like I might got anything special. You should, like, calm down about this. That is exactly, yeah, it's exactly how men feel about their wives. Right? (laughs) So weird. So he was a monster. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, I mean, sure, Emmett is like a weird psycho also, but the legislator is worse. So, yeah, he is. Because it it does feel weird. I would think that you wouldn't want to spend all of your time cleaning up your brother's messes, which are only going to get bigger. Yeah, and he knows it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like that. He knows that that's ultimately what's going to happen, but he in a weird way, loves his brother and doesn't want to send him to some desert community or, you know, end up with him locked up or, like, basically put him on house arrest. He doesn't want to do anything like that. But when he says... just say reprimand him. Like, just say, I'm not helping you out with this again, even if you don't really mean it. I mean, there's... Just the fact that he didn't do anything at all. Well, he kind of did say... He did, like, half-heartedly try that. He said... Hey, if you keep doing this, I'm going to send you away from here to our sister who lives somewhere else. And you're not going to like that. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. He's like, no, I'm serious. Don't do this again. And he's like, I won't. I'll never oh, do it again. I don't even remember that because it doesn't stop the brother at all. No. Weirdly. One of the guys, uh, no, he, he immediately goes. I mean, the fact that the brother said, like, I'm going to rape you every day. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, all you're doing is making sure that as many people as live in the apartment building will know that you've been coming here and attacking this woman. Right. I mean, if he had kept doing that, he absolutely would have gotten caught at some point. Yeah. So, he, uh, one of the legislator's cronies who's around him when he says that to his brother is like, do you think that's going to work? And he's like, no, it's not going to work. He's like, what can I tell you? We have the same blood in our veins. He's not going to listen and he's going to keep doing it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I was like, all right, look at you being proactive. Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely by far the most despicable character. Also, because he's the older one, so he should be... He clearly has more self-control because he managed to get this. Sure, he's got the same terrible ways about him, but he has self-control, whereas the other guy doesn't. Yeah, He managed to be this politician Mm -hmm. and be in power and present at least a facade. And he already has control over the police. There's no way he'd never interacted with those police and then just walked in and been like, oh, I can't arrest my brother. No, exactly. You know, so he was already up to shady things. Exactly. So a huge part of this revenge plot hinges on 
Rohan's ability to mimic voices so exactly that people that know these people intimately will fall for it. Yeah, it's pretty much the only <coughs> thing about his revenge plan. Yeah, because basically he just uses, he calls people from this payphone and sows strife between them and then lures them to areas where he winds up killing them. And let me tell you, this guy's a pretty good fighter for someone who's not trained for it and blind. He is. And one thing I did like about his fight scenes was that he doesn't just come in and daredevil it and, like, just completely dominate these fights. Yeah. He's fighting hard, and he does he does really well, and ultimately he bests all of these people, but he's got a lot of uh, situations in which you're like, oh, I can tell you didn't plan for that to happen. Right. And this person has the upper hand, and, you know, he kind of gets lucky on mm -hmm. a lot of them. He plans ahead. He thinks, like, well, I need to hear where these people are walking, so I'll cover the floor with stuff. But Exactly. But, yeah, like, when that one guy turns the lights back on, like, he was not prepared for that. No, he starts getting pelted with these huge liquor bottles. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah. For me, the fact that he was mimicking voices is actually less of a plot hole because he's mimicking voices through a phone line. And people mm -hmm. will sometimes sound different on the phone. You may not think about it quite as much if it's on the phone. That is What's true. What's actually a bigger plot line is that everyone answers their cell phones <laughs> right. for somebody calling from some unknown An number. An unknown number. It's so funny. And then they're like, oh, it's that guy that I know, and he's calling from a number that's different from his usual number. Right. Why are you calling from a payphone and not your cell phone? It's and no one ever calls anyone back on their own phone. Um, there are a couple times when they'll contact people and be like, I can't believe you did this thing. And it's always done, of course, in such a way that nothing's revealed. Yeah. But no one's ever like, oh, my gosh, I know you wanted, like, calls them up. Oh, my gosh, I know you wanted me to meet you at this warehouse, but, like, can no, we I'm do it be... actually an hour later? Yeah. What are you talking so about? Like, no one ever does that. Hey, so. gonna be late. LOL. Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Right. Yeah. I'm not even in the city. Exactly. Uh, although, it was a little bit of a plot hole when he flawlessly imitates that guy's sister's voice. <laughs> not if you've seen Doom 2. Then no. you know how good he is at female impersonation. Fair enough. They're in the same universe. <laughs> the other thing that I liked was when he's framing the friend the thug's friend to take the blame for the murder, like, you know, they got in a fight and this guy killed the other guy, is the evidence that he decides to drop is a hanker a white handkerchief that's been embroidered with his initials. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are you guys living in the 1800s? Like, there's no way a modern Indian, you know, spoiled rich thug. That's a slam dunk for the Scarlet <laughs> Pimpernel. I know, because there's not even anything on it. It's just this perfectly white handkerchief that's embroidered with his initials that I guess he just carries around. Okay, but to be fair, the police immediately were like, oh, this is this guy's handkerchief. Yeah, he probably killed him. Yeah, I mean, it did work, but it was bizarre. Yeah. Weird. It's not really a thing that uh, you can use that much anymore, but no. I don't know. Maybe Indian men like handkerchiefs. That's Maybe fancy rapists do. <laughs> just an, uh, yeah. If anything, just to leave a, a clue, a convenient clue. It's yeah. the crime. <laughs> so next up is Karen Arjun, possibly. That's how you say that? I don't know. 1995 movie with Shah Rukh Khan and Salman Khan. This is before Shah Rukh Khan became the enormous star that he did after DDLJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like this one much better, actually. <laughs> But uh, it is a revenge movie that involves 
them being brothers and them being reincarnated, which is always an awesome plot device that I love in Indian movies. I know that they are like, oh, it's old hat, this reincarnation stuff. As an American, I love it. It's so weird. I know. Well, it's great. It's like a fun, it's a fun new thing that we don't see ever. Yes. Not something we know. Yeah. Um, And speaking of DDLJ, Kajal and Amrish Puri are also in it. Yes. So it is star-studded and directed, actually, by Rithik Roshan's father. Oh, yeah. So... That is available basically nowhere, but you can actually get it from Netflix DVD if you still have that. If you're As living I'm 15 sure years ago like me. All of you do. <laughs> yes. Just pop pop that into your VCR. You've also <laughs> still got. Oh my gosh. Listen okay. to this transcript on Betamax. <laughs> so we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah.